Hello, and welcome to EdTech Coast to Coast, brought to you by the K-12 Blueprint and produced by Clarity Innovations. Each month, we talk with EdTech influencers on the vanguard of 21st century teaching and learning. We'll share the latest EdTech information and insights so that professionals just like you can help build a brighter future for students. Last time, we talked with Susie Boss, longtime member of the PBL Works National Faculty a regular contributor to Edutopia and a member of the Buck Institute for Education National Faculty, Susie has worked with teachers and school leaders on nearly every continent. PBL Works has adapted nearly all of their services to work within an online context because of the pandemic. And while some educators may be unsure if their projects will meet learning objectives, Susie assures that the essence of project-based learning remains intact when taken online. I was having a conversation with one um, <laughs> one educator who just was worried, worrying aloud about, well, what about cheating? You know, what about kids, um, you know, sharing, sharing work and, you know, turning it. And I thought, you know, if you're doing a project well, that shouldn't even be coming up because kids are in the, the, um, the goal of the project is for students to collaborate, first of all. So talking to each other, learning together, that's not cheating. That's, that's yeah. actually effective, you know, learning, the social side of learning and collaboration. And when they're creating something, it, it needs to be something new. Um, so they can't just, you know, copy-paste each other's work because by design, a project should be something original that demonstrates their understanding and, um, you know, something creative that they come up with to solve this open-ended challenge. So I think it takes away a lot of that concern about, oh, they're just copying each other's answers. Well, that's not really part of the PBL design um, if that's going on. So, Next, Susie shares some powerful examples of remote PBL and how they connect the learning experience with real-world relevance. You know, uh, really all around the globe. I mean, some of them seem really simple. And I think sometimes that simplicity is a great starting point for teachers because then you can dig into the richness. Um, doesn't seem so overwhelming. One early on came from Brazil. And it's when they were early in the pandemic and thinking about eventually we're going to get to come back together, but we'll probably need masks to do that. So picture middle school kids in an art project where they're having to think about what kind of mask design would I like that would really reflect who I am. And it's one of those lovely identity, who am I in middle school sorts of projects that we've seen, you know, over the years for um, great reasons, because it's so developmentally appropriate for middle school kids who are figuring out who they are. So they brought in some really nice art history, gave kids inspiration from different artists and different styles. And then not only did they design their own masks, but they, um, created um, silkscreen uh, designs so that they could, other people could order the same mask if they liked theirs. And it was a fundraiser to support, you know, local folks who needed some help through the pandemic. So it had all these value adds. It wasn't a hugely complex or long-term project, um, but I really like that one, you know, for all the reasons um, that I've been talking about. Um, oh gosh, what else have I seen? Um, one of my uh, PBL colleagues, a woman named Sarah Lev has been tracking what it means to do project-based learning with really young learners. She's an early elementary um, expert, uh, has done some writing and has a really great, uh, she and her, her colleagues um, who have written a book together about PBL in the early, early years have a really active Facebook group um, where uh, early elementary folks are sharing project examples. 
Um, and one that, that Sarah described um, happened, you know, at the kickoff of this new school year, so this fall. And it was about really young learners, so picture kindergartners, um, early, early literacy, um, creating a class um, community that really, it was basically a website that she was building on the back end. But what the students were building were artifacts to explain who, what their community is, how it's put together. So they're doing things like making maps of their local neighborhoods or sharing um, drawings about, you know, themselves or their families. Um, some kids got really interested in recipes and what do we, you know, what do we make at home and um, what does that tell you about our family? So this classroom community, uh, you know, in a virtual space uh, was something that they built over time and is a really great way for the teacher to get to know her students and to get to know families and for parents to find out kind of what's my role in supporting my young learner if we're going to do this online. So I thought that was just a really beautiful example of, you know, a goal you would always have with a new group of kids is to build that community and get to know each learner and what makes them special and all those things that facilitate great relationships, which lead to great learning. And she was able to do that in this um, online way. Um, and I think getting parents into the picture as kind of co-facilitators with really young learners. Um, so, you know, at all ends of the spectrum with really little kids who are having to learn in different ways, but still have that sense of, we have friends here and we're doing things, um, you know, with our hands, we can make things physically and then share them with pictures, um, talk about them. Um, and kind of build our understanding of the world, um, you know, that way, all the way up to older kids who are tackling really hard things, like let's picture a, a math classroom where um, students are helping um, small businesses recover or, or plan for their recovery um, from, you know, business setbacks during the pandemic. What's a financial plan that we can anticipate going forward that uses our math understanding? So. There's just possibilities at all ends of the spectrum, um, I think, and, and teachers are just being really creative in finding those opportunities to connect what's going on in kids' lives and their worlds with the learning goals that, um, you know, are always kind of front and center when you're designing good instruction. And a direction a lot of teachers have gone is helping kids realize you guys are living through something that humankind has really not experienced and been able to document in the same way. So let's capture the first draft of history. Let's create artifacts that express, you know, what has this meant for you? What's this meant for your family? And so that's led to all kinds of interesting, you know, podcasts, and publishing, and artwork, um, but students themselves realize, you know, I'm living through something, so is my family, so is my community, and let's create a record um, for wherever, you know, wherever the world goes next. This is an important moment, and we might as well um, figure out how to make sense of it. EdTech Coast to Coast is a production of Clarity Innovations for the K-12 Blueprint. Be sure to visit the K-12 Blueprint at www.k12blueprint.com for the latest research data, device information, best practices, and deployment strategies showing real-world results in districts just like yours. And to help educators keep pace with current educational practices, the K-12 Blueprint provides robust toolkits loaded with vital resources, each focusing on a critical challenge. Let's hear more from Susie about strategies for inviting parents into the project-based learning experience. I've seen a whole range of strategies there. Um, you know, I mentioned with really young learners, um, the, 
the educator I was talking about, Sarah Lev, just plans parent meetings um, to sort of help parents think about this week, how can I support my young learning? They don't have to be long, but they give parents a little confidence about what's my role, um, how can I be supportive um, in this way. With a little bit older kids, um, parents might not be so essential in the whole learning process. Kids are more independent, but they still want information, kind of what's going on with my student, or, you know, is he or she, um, you know, where he or she needs to be at this point, and how can I help? Um, I saw one school um, in California where kids recognized that their parents' technology fluency was not as quite at the same level of students. And so kids created training tutorials for parents, like how can you support me in online learning? And they just kind of walk through, here's how you get into a Zoom call, here's how you look at an online, you know, um, a resource or a grade book. Some, some schools, you know, are having online resource. or here's how you can look at my reflections as I'm going through, you know, journaling through project. It's just a great use of student um, creativity. They were really wonderful little short um, training videos. And it, you know, it was a nice way for parents to feel like, okay, now I know. Here's what my kids are asking for help for. And I think the one other way parents can be really helpful here is to lend their expertise. If there's a project going on um, that connects to something um, that maybe is part of their professional life or a hobby or a deep interest or talent they have, um, chances are there would be a role for them to maybe be a, uh, a critical friend for students, come into a critique session. And for parents, that's a way for them to use their expertise, but it also gives them a really nice window into the learning that's happening because they're seeing kids present their work, talk about their work, um, they can talk with their kids at a deeper level instead of just, what did you learn today? Oh, nothing. What'd you do today? Oh, nothing. Well, <laughs> let's talk about that, you know, that critique session we had. And, you know, here's what I was excited to see. And, you know, those sorts of things open up conversations. And finally, Susie shares some of the ways that educators are supporting one another with online PBL while helping to remove common obstacles to learning. Well, you know, I think we're seeing a really nice community of practice happening online where teachers who are doing project-based learning are finding each other and sharing strategies. So I think one tip would be be active in social spaces that educators like yourself frequent. Um, put the word out when you're looking for um, expertise or audience or connections, and chances are somebody else has had a similar question they can help you um, answer. And then I think, you know, I always recommend that schools um, turn to their parents as kind of the first line of resources. Um, one school um, I was talking with recently has created what they call their human library. Um, so the librarian has created this great uh, database of all the experts different uh, projects have tapped over time you know, with a little bit of information about both not only how do you connect with them again, but what were they really good at? You know, were they great talking with young kids? Did they have a particular way to share expertise with older students? Um, you know, how would you maybe use them again in a project? So create um, resources that get some of those barriers out of the way. Some teachers might start thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know where I'm going to find an audience. But if there are resources in your school community or among your colleagues who are doing PBL, um, that can be a good way, um, you know, to find people and then think about how do I make the best use of their time and my students' time and prepare them for that experience, all those things you want to do. What I'm hearing most of all is that 
um, this huge swell of respect for teachers that, <laughs> you know, parents have gotten an eyeful, like, oh my gosh, this is hard work, you know, that you guys are doing. And, and teachers have just stepped up in so many ways and extended themselves in so many ways to make this work as well as it can for kids. Um, so I think those kind of bonds have been strengthened, you know, between families and, and um, teachers in, you know, really important ways. We kind of, teachers deserve that <laughs> absolutely and, you know that was long overdue but i think a lot of parents got um a window that they hadn't had before thank you susie for sharing how educators are merging content mastery with relevant projects to boost both academic achievement and the personal growth of students we'll see you next time here at edtech coast to coast until then keep learning